Hi, I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Leisure. Jason, coming up on Hallis Intrigue, we will talk about the Bears' turn in prime time with a quarterback who may or may not be ready for it. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, the Bears uh, make a Sunday night football appearance in Los Angeles this week, and Tyson Bagent is going to be their quarterback. This is not the Raiders. This is not a home game. Uh, this is a, a much tougher test for him, isn't it? It is, definitely. The Chargers aren't great. No. What are the Chargers, 2-4? and four? Right, yeah. Is that, do I have that record? Yeah, right? they're living in that Chargers range where at some point they'll win three in a row and then they'll miss a field goal at the buzzer and they'll finish it 9-8. and eight. They'll end up 9-8. Yeah. Yeah, I knew you were going to say 9-8. and eight. Right. Um, But they do a lot of things well, and that's what makes them different than the Raiders. Yeah. The list of things the Raiders do well is Max Crosby, Devontae Adams... And then I'm stuck. And even Devontae Adams, you know, that is not a thing they do well right. if they don't have a good quarterback. The Chargers do a lot of things well. They, I mean, they have the two things that every team wants. They have a quarterback. They have a pass rush. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert is the most prolific quarterback in the NFL other than Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. and has been since, the like, the day he got drafted. On the other side, you got Mack and Bosa. Mm-hmm. That alone, I mean, they are strong in the two areas where you most need to be strong, and they don't seem to have enough ounce, Pat, right. to be a one of the really, really good teams. Mm-hmm. But that is certainly enough to beat the Bears. Well, and in the skill positions, too, you look at Keenan Allen, you look at uh, Austin Eckler, the running back, Derwin James, the safety. I mean, they have six, seven stars on this team where I think the Bears have half of one, maybe. Uh, I mean, DJ Moore, if DJ Moore walked down the street, would anybody in uh, outside of Chicago know what he looked like? No, but they should. Yeah. And Jalen Johnson. Okay. All right. I'll give you those two. Um, the Chargers are going to be such a different game for the Bears than the Raiders were, or even the few weeks before that, Patrick. They were playing the Vikings. They were playing the Commanders. They were playing the Broncos. I know the Chargers have a record just like some of those teams. But they have so many more weapons. They're playing at home. Uh, home teams usually do very well in primetime games. And I think, it, very simply, it's hard to see how Tyson Bagent is going to keep up with Justin Herbert. Well, they're going to have to try. And that, and that in and of itself is going to be different than what happened last week, where I don't think he threw a single ball beyond 15 yards, right? No. Uh, you know, some of his biggest plays were a throwback screen or a scramble for 12 or a very conservative game plan, which worked great. And, you know, for Bears fans who were frustrated with Justin Fields, watching somebody check the ball down on time must have felt novel and nice. Uh, but they, they need big chunks. They need to be able to score. Uh, the Chargers defense is probably going to let him. I mean, they are, what, the, what 30th in the NFL in uh, receiving yards allowed? Their defense... Uh, if, if you can get the ball out before Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa turn you into a pancake, you should be able to make get some pretty good chunks on completions. But that would be a completely different game plan than we've seen and a different game plan than really the skill set that Tyson Bajant has showed us you know, in the preseason and in a game and a half here. You know, He is smart. He is quick with the ball. He uh, you know, uh, distributes it like a point guard, I would say. Uh, that's that's not a formula for for thirty yard bombs or, or or the like. It's like a lot of things with the Bears. He might be able to do that, mm-hmm. but we have not seen that. Right, and in order for it, to, and it's this isn't an indictment of him. It is, boy, the Bears are going to have to block 
and they're going to have to pass block these two guys. Boy, the Bears are going to have to establish uh, uh, the run the way they did against the, the Raiders. But when they go play action, they need to be able to take a shot deep. They did not do that against the Raiders, and honestly, they didn't have to. Um, everything was working so well almost the whole game that the, there was really no reason to change what they were doing. And it, it's when you talk about blocking, I mean, it's quite an ask to have Braxton Jones come off IR. Braxton Jones has been hit and miss during the time he's been the starting left tackle to begin with, but now he's coming off a neck injury. He's going to spend most of the game, I believe, taking on Bosa. Darnell Wright, I assume he's going to play, even though he didn't practice early in the week uh, because of the shoulder injury. I assume he's going to just kind of grit his teeth and power through that. But that might look pretty ugly against Khalil Mack. Yeah. And that is going to really change the clock for Tyson Bajan. If you're going to combine the idea, Patrick, of trying to take advantage of plays down the field and a much better overall pass rush coming at you from both sides as opposed to what the Raiders had with just Max Crosby, that's like a completely different game than what Tyson Bajan was playing. Yeah, it is. And you bring up Darnell Wright. You know, when he played against Crosby, you know, you watch that film and, you know, his his left arm is really limited because of the shoulder injury. There are times when it just looks like he's blocking with one hand. And to his credit, he did pretty well. And Matt Eberflus praised him for gutting through it. But to go in hampered against Khalil Mack, good luck with that. Crosby's good. Yeah. Mack's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I, when the Bears traded for him, I swore he was. And then he was banged up enough the next couple of years that I'm beginning to wonder on the Mack's Hall of Mack's going to be a Hall of Famer. You think so? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, it's, he's... He might not be the best edge rusher on his own team right now, and he is worth worrying about. If you made a list of the edge rushers the Bears have had to think about this season, where is he? Three, probably? Two? I mean, it's, you know... Yeah. Been... I loved when you asked Luke Getze about Khalil <laughs> Mack because Getze was on the wrong side of so many of those Khalil Mack destructive performances against the Packers. Yeah, well, what was funny was he wasn't, in 2018, the greatest defensive game I've ever seen. Uh, a defensive guy play, an individual play. He was at Mississippi State. Oh, Getsy wasn't. Getsy was, uh, but he was around uh, the year after. Uh, I asked him about game planning for Mac, and he, he essentially said, shoot, this guy put it on us when I was at Western Michigan, and he was at, at Buffalo. And, I mean, that was a 33 nothing game. I looked that up, by the way. Um, just just a mess. Uh, you know, you can let him make a mess of this game if you're not careful. Uh, with Deontay Foreman, he was... I think really the you know the MVP of of the Bears win against the Raiders because of the physicality he brought and because everything was based off of a good run game and, and mm-hmm. the Bears bullied uh, the Raiders that way. In your opinion, is is he just the clear cut starter even with Roshan Johnson expected to be back Sunday, uh, or or do you think they're going to mix things up a little bit? They're going to share it, but that is such a good topic. It's such a good question because. There's no doubt that they think Roshan Johnson is better out of right. the two. They've mm-hmm. shown you that clearly. Yep. They will tell you things, but then but watch what they do. Mm-hmm. Listen, don't listen so much to what they say about Deontay Foreman rather than what they do, which what they did was Roshan Johnson was ahead of him from the jump on right. the depth chart. So I would think that because they expect him to be better and more productive, they will rely more so on Roshan Johnson. But it's going to be Johnson and Foreman. It's Foreman is still going to play a role in this game. And if you get to halftime, Pat, and Foreman is out playing Johnson, 
then Foreman's probably your dominant guy in the second. Half. I think Johnson, or I think Foreman has to get seventy percent of the snaps, I, I, or of the of the handoffs. I'm sorry. You know, you can criticize his pass blocking. I think Roshan's better at that. You know, as a receiver, uh, Foreman has never been very good. Uh, although he worked on it this offseason and seems to have gotten better. So I understand in some specific situations why Johnson makes more sense. But from what I've seen the last two games, if you need two yards on third and two, I'm giving it to Foreman every time, aren't you? I like Johnson too. I mean, they're both good players. I think that they see a higher ceiling on what Johnson can do. And you can't just, you know, I don't think that, I, while I would agree with you that Foreman might be your better option in a short yardage situation, right? I think that they're going to want to press the button on Johnson more because at some point that's going to have the big payoff that Foreman probably can't give you. Boy, it'd be nice if they weren't so desperate for wins that uh, that, that we had to think short, you know very short term here. You know, there. You know, I agree with you that developing Johnson into the running back you think he can be should be a priority. Yeah. But we're at the point now where I'm not sure there's a guarantee that any of these decision makers would be here to see it through uh, if yeah. the Bears don't start winning more football games. Yeah, eventually. I mean, when is Khalil Herbert back? Is it the Carolina game? Yes. Or is it? Yeah, after the Saints game. Or is it yeah. the Saints? After the Saints. After the Saints. So the Carolina game. I mean, eventually they want to get back to him and Johnson. Right. So I would think that this will be a step toward that, assuming that Roshan Johnson is 100% good to go and feeling right. But, it, you know, in the last three games, the Bears have had the best or the most rushing yards in football. And it's interesting because two of those have been Foreman, and one of those was literally every single running back on the roster but Foreman because he was still uh, he was a healthy scratch back then. Do you wonder um, if it's damning of the coaching staff that obviously Foreman, to me, looks like he belongs here. How they could look at him for a month straight and say – we can't use you, or is this just a special teams thing, and 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 we're willing to give the coaching staff the benefit of the doubt there. I right now, having seen Foreman play just basically the one game, mm-hmm. I believe that Herbert and Johnson are better and should you've be seen, in those top. You've two seen spots. him play two games. I mean, it's two. He's made two. I, I still starts. think those two guys are better, and those would be the guys I want. And if Foreman gets squeezed out because he doesn't play special teams. That's how it goes. So no, I don't. I don't fault them for that. Do you? You think Foreman should have been getting a share of the load all along? I think that in the last ten weeks of last season, he was the third leading rusher in the NFL. I think that uh, that resume should have spoken for himself for itself. But obviously, we've asked Matt Eberflus about this both when he wasn't playing and now that he is. And Eberflus talks about, well, we need to see it in practice. We need him to put together a good week. When I asked Eberflus on Wednesday. Is he still your starter? He said, well, you know, you know, with everybody, we judge them in practice. To me, the implication has been that he needs to bring it every day, you know, Wednesday through Friday out here, and that maybe that hasn't always been the case. Also, you know, special teams is part of it. You know, as long as you're going to keep Travis Homer and Kari Blass in game, those guys really help you on special teams, and keeping five running backs just doesn't make a ton of sense. Even if, I don't know, I could argue to you that the fastest way for the Bears to win games is to just be the best running football team in America and take their chances otherwise. They were that last year and they didn't win. Yeah, yeah. And I, you, I get the. They the, have better players. I get year. what you're saying, but right. like you will have to do more than that. You have to have some other things to do, um, other things you can contribute and can't and not have your quarterback throwing for 162 yards like Bajan did last week. I mean, 
Yeah, I think t- to a point you made earlier about them being so desperate to win games, mm-hmm. that's why I would give preferential treatment to Johnson because I think he's better. If you want to talk about like doing right by a guy, right. you should do right by Foreman. Foreman has been as loyal and dedicated as it gets. Then you turn to him in your desperation, right. and he delivers for you. Like You should do right by that guy and give him 70% of the carries, like right. you're saying. But you don't. You need every every ounce of advantage you can possibly squeeze out of this roster. You need to take. And if Johnson is a better player than Foreman, which they clearly think, as long as he's good to go, he needs to be your lead back. Darrington Evans, who the two weeks ago they picked up from the Dolphins, I think he had 14 carries on Sunday. There is room for two. It oh seems. yeah, 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 yeah. There will be. Yeah. yeah. And I wonder. I mean, Evans to me this looked good too. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he got if he got some carries. Uh, e- either way, I, I think the formula I'm dreaming of is a world in which Tyson Bajant doesn't have to uh, throw the ball 40 times a game. But it, it seems like at, at some point you need to take uh, – what's the – you're not a NASCAR guy, are you? No. What's the thing they put uh, that regulates air in a, in a motor? The only thing I know to guess is restrictor plate. There we go. That's it. Is that right? Yes. Okay. It, it feels like in the first game there was a restrictor plate put on the – kid from West Virginia who probably could answer a NASCAR question. Um, I think they need to take it off this week. I I just don't think you're going to win a game 17-13 against the Chargers. I don't think so. Justin Herbert, by the way, his average game, like first career, Mm -hmm. is 285 and two touchdowns. I don't see a world where Tyson Bajan puts up those numbers. It's going to be very difficult for him to keep up with what Herbert is doing. And they always like to tell you, like, well, it's not the quarterback playing against the quarterback. It kind of is. Right. In a way, like you will have to match what he's doing. And if you start falling behind where he is striking and you're not, and the next thing you know, you're down 14 to 3, right. like good luck with what the rest of that game's going to be with Bosa and Mac knowing yeah. that you have to throw every game. I have two questions I want to ask you, Patrick, kind of spinning it forward here off what we've seen. First off, with their offensive line, once everybody's back and full strength, what are they going to do? Because I don't think it's going to be the original five. Like, what do you do once everybody's back? I think Cody Whitehair stays at left guard. I think Lucas Patrick stays at center. I think Larry Borum goes to the bench. And I think Borum's been fine. Um, you know, that's tough to step in at left tackle when you've been, you know, the backup right tackle more often. Um, and, yeah, I think the middle line, I think you would keep Tevin Jenkins at right guard. You know, Nate Davis comes back in – Three weeks. Could they do one of those goofy rotations that drive us crazy? I where, hate that. Yeah, yeah, where Cody play Cody, Nate Davis, and Tevin each play seventy percent, uh, and somehow you cobble two guys out of three. Uh, if they keep running the ball the way they ran it against the Raiders, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mess with a good thing. And and I think the middle three they have, you know, in the last game was a pretty good thing. Um, yeah, well, it was. It really was. And you hate to say this because Cody Whitehair is the most tenured guy here, among the most respected guys here, mm-hmm. has done the right thing at every turn in Complete his career. professional. Um, his contract's up at the end of the year. Nate Davis is sure as heck isn't. Co- uh, Tevin Jenkins sure as heck isn't. So maybe you sit there, you know, along that same line as Roshan, as the Roshan thinking, maybe you sit there and go, geez, Cody, if you can't snap consistently... You're going to have to sit. You're going to have to sit behind Lucas Patrick, who is not part of the Bears' future beyond this year, probably. Um, that's not a great outcome. I think the best outcome, ideally, would be 
for Whitehair to play center and snap well. But they seem to have given up on that pretty quickly. I would too. That's not happening. And they're not the first ones to fail at that. And there is some legitimate second guessing Mm -hmm. of them on that. Their three best blockers to me would be Whitehair, Tevin Jenkins, and a healthy Nate Davis. But none of those guys can play center. Nope. So uh, you are locked in with Lucas Patrick at center now for the rest of the year if he stays healthy. I think Cody is going to end up being the odd man out. I think Tevin's going to be back at left guard. And Nate Davis, a healthy Nate Davis that they love and signed, will be their right guard. Um, the other thing I want to ask you is, Justin Fields will be back soon, we think. The Saints or the Panthers game, we don't. they've said all along they don't think this is going to be an extended absence. Are there things that they did in the game against the Raiders that Justin Fields can adapt, that can be kind of part of just incorporated into the way Justin Fields plays, or is that just too counter to his style? I think they've been one of the best screen teams in the NFL all year, uh, before Tyson Bajant too. Um, I think the idea of screens, misdirections, um, I think Justin can pull that off, and I think in a way it's even more threatening to the defense if, if you've got Justin back there uh, as somebody, you have to keep a body or two sets of eyes on yeah, at all times. On. That's one less guy that can handle the screen. Yeah, I mean something like the, you know, like the throwback screen that they ran the other day. You know, that doesn't always work. Shoot, that works. <laughs> maybe, maybe it fails more often than it works. But something like that, I think, makes sense. I think leaning on the run game does too. And this is where we get back to the push and the pull of the Justin Fields argument. I think the best way for the Bears to win games is to be more physical, run the football. Lean on a defense that's gotten really good against the run, and then wait for crappy weather to show up here in a couple of weeks at home. Mm-hmm. That is not a figuring out what you have in Justin Fields. B feeding your best player in DJ Moore. Um, that is that is antithetical to the big picture goals that you have with your with your quarterback. I would I could argue to you if you wanted me to that putting a quarterback uh, in last week who. You know, probably isn't the long-term answer. Allowed the Bears to sit there and go, shoot, how are we going to win this game? And they found a way to win this game mm-hmm. that did not, that had little to do with growing a quarterback and more to do with just getting through today. Um, I I don't know whether that might not be coincidental, or that might be coincidental. It might not be. I I just think that the way the Bears are built for me right now. The best way for them to win a game on a given day is not the same as making sure Justin gets 30 throws and tries to figure it out. But I I remind people of this, and I have for the last two weeks. Let's not forget that Justin was really good for two weeks. Like the first half against the Vikings doesn't wipe out eight quarters of really, really top-level play, even if, uh, you know, he had the strip sack fumble that cost him a game. Eight quarters against the Broncos and Commanders also doesn't okay. wipe out everything you've seen to that point. Right. It's really uh, a mixed bag with him. Mm-hmm. And you cannot wait forever trying to decide if he's good. If you're still trying to decide that, then it's kind of decided for you. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to date him through the end of the year and then decide whether or, not, whether or not they need to marry him. Yeah. I think if you don't know whether or not you should marry him, that means you're not going to marry. That's good you life shouldn't. advice too. I hope you guys are listening. <laughs> thank you, Patrick. Some people probably needed to hear that. Um, yeah. Are you? Int- will you be interested in what 
his return looks like? And is there, let's say the Bears find a way to beat the Chargers, which would be a very Chargers-y loss. And it might get Brandon Staley fired. But let's say it happens. Do you go to Justin and go, well, let's just make triply sure that you've recovered? Uh, do you think it buys an extra week or two of Tyson Bajan? I don't. I think you because I think you got to be careful with Fields either way. I don't think Fields should be coming back at partial strength. Seventy percent. I just don't think that's a good idea, especially the way he plays. He's going to get hit. He's going to land on that arm again. Um, it's it's so important, like him gripping the ball as a runner and as a thrower. So important. I think that when you bring up Fields coming back, the thing that gives me the most concern about that is whether he's coming back in a way that you can evaluate. If he's yep. coming, if he comes back and this thumb bothers him until the bye week or something, to some extent, mm-hmm. he plays through it. You question everything you see if he's not playing well. Mm-hmm. If he can play well through that, then great. But if he can't, you're like, well, is that him or is that the thumb? You have a and, built-in excuse. Yep. But at the at, in the end, you it's not going to matter if it was him or the thumb. And I hate that for him. I hate that his opportunity that his Bears career rides on is has already been compromised by missing two games mm-hmm. and will be potentially further compromised by trying to play through a hand injury. Yeah, We talked about this before, Patrick. This is not a toughness thing with Justin Fields. Justin Fields will play through stuff. Mm-hmm. You, you just There isn't a way to tough it out when your thumb doesn't work and you're a quarterback. The only thing he hasn't toughed his way out of is them yanking him for week 18 last year so they could get a better draft pick. Um, let's get to our picks here, Jason. Uh, I am looking at yours. Uh, Mark Potash is still as an in, so I am uh, sending a mental message to Mark in the next room. Do you want uh, me to call him? No, no, do okay. not. No. Or, as much as I would enjoy that shtick for the podcast, okay. I feel like it might make Mark angry with us. I haven't heard a reason not to do it. <laughs> You've got the Chargers 36-19. Explain yourself. I don't think this is a game that the Bears are going to be able to manage very well. I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Justin Herbert very well mm-hmm. without a pass rush. Yep. And I don't have a lot of confidence in sight unseen Tyson Bajan running a more aggressive offense. I would have to see that from him to have any reason to expect that he can do that. I've got the Chargers 24-20. I think it's going to be a little more low scoring than you do. Part of it is Austin Eckler. You know, he came back from an ankle injury two games ago. He's been averaging 2.6 yards a carry in the two games since he got back. That is not good, last I checked. And and the Bears' run defense is pretty good. So I think they're going to make the Chargers one-dimensional. The Chargers, Justin Herbert alone is probably just fine playing a one-dimensional game like that. But... uh, but I would be a little more concerned if the Chargers were running the ball well. Uh, you look around, uh, the Ricks, uh, Rick Morrissey's got the Chargers 31-24. Tellender's got them 30-21. Scoop Jackson, ever the contrarian, bears 29-21 over the Chargers. Ever the optimist. Uh, Scoop Jackson should be worth pointing out. Oh, he's 3-4. and four. No, he's 4-3. and three. Oh, my God. This optimism has got, gotten him a winning record. Um it should be an interesting game, and it should be, it should be fun. I, I feel bad for the rest of America who looks at the Bears and can name two players, probably. 
But if you live in Chicago and if you're a Bears fan, uh, there's certainly some star power on the other sideline. Well, it's a great game for TV if Tyson Bajan can play mm-hmm. in this kind of game. Sure. Now that would be fantastic. Sure. Tyson Bajan, this upstart, this guy no one knows about. His dad would, is going to end up on TV more than Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, that would be phenomenal television. Right. But if it's just this great story in pregame, mm-hmm. and then once it starts, it kind of he plays like an undrafted rookie from Division Two. Right. That, that's going to get boring very fast. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, and yeah, if the Bears are hanging in there at halftime, I think that that's probably. The, I think that's a good sign. I think that I dare say that might be all you can ask is uh, this thing to be competitive at halftime and see where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we will be there, and we will be broadcasting uh, or podcasting uh, from the press box when we are done. Until then, you can follow Jason, Mark Potash, and I on social media. Check us out on the Sun-Times website, on the app, and also in the newspaper. For Jason Leacher, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. <laughs>